Welcome everyone to episode 108 of the Indie Reds podcast, eh? That's right, we've gotten a bit Canadian tonight as we welcome Craig Schofield, chairman of OLSC Edmonton. Craig, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much for having me, and I will try not to be too Canadian so that you can actually understand me. Oh, it's going to be welcomed here. I mean, we, we, uh, <laughs> we, I've seen a few movies. We'll talk about it in a second. So, <laughs> since, uh, so, so since LFC are on a much needed two week break, uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about Craig and OLSC Edmonton. Uh, there will be some LFC talk, so don't worry about that. So, Craig, Edmonton Reds in Canada, that's going to be pretty much our uh, our only, well, our main topic tonight. I'll be the first to admit I know very little about Canada or Canadians. <laughs> um, all my references are based off of the movie Strange Brew, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie, uh, and... <laughs> and South Park. So, <laughs> also, I can list the things I know of Edmonton without consulting Wikipedia on one hand. So, I'll just go ahead and list them right now. So, first of all, it's in Canada. Um, after playing a minor league hockey in Indianapolis, of all places, uh, Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. bursts onto the NHL stage with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they have a NASL team, or used to have an NASL team. FC Edmonton, whose keeper was Matt Van Okel, and we used to tell him uh, as Indy 11 fans that uh, he looked like a banana because he wore all yellow, as well as Van Okel sucks, <laughs> Van Okel sucks, but he's actually probably uh, the best keeper in the NASL at the time. Um, I thought, I'll admit, I thought Stampede Wrestling was from Edmonton, but uh, that's also the place of the Heart Dungeon, Heart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Heart. For those of you wrestling uh, connoisseurs, but that was in uh, still right province, not <laughs> right province, not right city. They were in Calgary, so uh, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know so far. So um, I have a feeling there's a lot more about Edmonton that you'd like to share, Craig. So uh, what else would you like for all, all however many listeners we have to know about uh, how awesome Edmonton is? Well, we'll see if we can get you a few new listeners of Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> find out how popular I am anyway. Um, there is still uh, FC Edmonton okay. in existence, even though the NASL doesn't exist anymore. They play in the Canada Premier League. That's right. That's right. Uh, which, um, you know, I mean, I'm not sure that there is much below the Premier League, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, one famous player, I mean, we have Tommy Amiobi playing for us, brother of Shola oh, and nice. Sammy Amiobi, for those uh, of you who are fans of the Premier League in England. Uh, so FC Edmonton is still going. Uh, slightly different formation, I guess. Um, and the interesting story about that Gretzky deal, incidentally, going back to the whole Gretzky played for Indianapolis. Yeah. Legend has it that Peter Pocklington, the owner of the Edmonton Oilers, one Wayne Gretzky in a game of backgammon on a private jet. So it turns out to be like of, one of the best athletes ever. <laughs> make of that what you will. Oh man, the great one. I mean, seriously, it's the great one. Uh, yeah, so. best hockey player ever was 
you know, p- possibly won over a game of backgammon in 1978. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> Sounds like something Jim Irsay, <laughs> owner of the Indianapolis Colts, would be doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've got all kinds of, like, weird stories when you go back to the 1970s in sports, right? Well, you heck, know? I mean, what was all it? All kinds like? of sh- shady owners who have money but don't really have money and get involved in all kinds of extra things. Oh, man. And, 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 and based off of Wolf of Wall Street, man, the number of quaaludes that were going around back then. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> and I swear, everyone who owned a sports team in North America in the 1970s also owned a car dealership. But <laughs> and they did massive amounts of blow. Okay, so let's... <laughs> 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 all right so well, you know it, this is the great white north up here oh yeah take off all right, right. um <laughs> but as, as we like to say in the loc group that we're, we're we intend to paint this this uh the great white north red so there you go think uh, of ho- that what you will hopefully not with blood um i <laughs> <laughs> no. got dark awfully quickly unless it's moose or elk or something like that right <laughs> uh so uh do, doing look, look a little bit of top topographical you guys are kind of in the hills going leading up to the rockies right in edmonton yeah just uh just outside of the foothills so okay. I mean, we're on the we're on the prairies and it's the start of the prairies and there really isn't a heck of a lot stopping this city from growing which is why it's one of the largest in north america so what's really popular popular out there uh is, is tech really getting big or is there um is it a great place to get some steaks or what kind of thing you thinking about there yeah, uh, you, you know, it's steaks, fabulous steaks. There's a lot of ranches out in this area, so Alberta beef is quite well-known, quite excellent as well. Uh, winter sports, obviously we've got the Rockies right nearby, so skiing uh-huh. and uh, various things. Also in the summer, I guess, you do the hikes and other things up there as well. Well, um, Calgary had the Olympics back, like, was it 80, 88? 88, yeah. I remember that vaguely. I was seven years old, but I think it might be my first winter Olympics I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. So there's still the Olympic Park there. You can go down to Calgary, and you can actually, I think you can still ride in the bobsled chutes. And <sighs> That'd be fun. I think I think, they, I think the Canadian Olympic team still trains out there on the uh, ski jumps and things as well, which you can see just outside the city. That's cool. Yeah, I think they moved most of ours uh, out to Salt Lake City area or Park City oh, yeah. uh, after that yeah. Olympics. But, yeah. That's cool. All right, so um, so I know it's really hockey obsessed in in Canada, but uh, did you grow up playing soccer or footy, or or uh, or was it mainly just hockey? I grew up playing footy. Uh, I really can't skate at all. <laughs> I'm a really bad <laughs> Canadian. Um, you know, I I don't generally drink a lot of beer. <laughs> I don't skate. I don't really play hockey. I mean, I, uh, I moved away from Canada for 11, 12, 13 years as well. So, okay. So tell um, me that story. But, Where but did I you did go? grow up playing footy and I played footy at university and over in Taiwan as well. So, okay. So did you, is that where you, when you stepped away for, from Canada, you, did you move to Taiwan or? I did. Yeah. Stuff? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's no particularly cool. good reason other than just to see the world and get away. Hey, I can't blame you. For a while. I can't blame you. Uh, you know, Indiana's pretty much flat. And, uh, yeah. and so, and, uh, to step away a little bit is, is nice. Um, but, you know, they, they have, before the Indianapolis 500 every year, um, 
you you saw well, he's still sing back home again in Indiana, and it's true. It, it's home. Um, even if I don't agree with so many things that happen in the state, uh, it's mm. still home. Um, and that's yeah, home's always home. Uh, so you're, how do, you're Indiana, you're Indianapolis, born and raised. No, I was born in Northern Indiana. Um, okay. so about an hour south of actually, I was born in the region near Chicago. Um, uh-huh. and then the family moved to a, a small town called Warsaw, and that's about an hour away from from Notre Dame, uh, where. Some some people will be will be familiar. Uh, we had a massive tailgate this year for the preseason match. I uh, had a great time up there with mm. everyone. Um, I saw some photos from that. that was oh, awesome. it was it was great. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, really fun. All right. So, um, how did you end up following Liverpool? Um, when I was playing football, when I was a really young kid, um, I can remember almost everybody I played with. Uh, seemed to have a team, you know. The the they're, they're they were from Italy, and so you know they were they were Roma fans, and you know they were from wherever, and they had a team from back home, you know. Like their dad was obsessed with football, and they they passed that down generation to generation. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't really into sports, but you know, as a young man wanting to feel that connection, like everybody else seemed to have, I asked dad where our family was from, and he said Liverpool. So without knowing anything as a six or seven year old young lad, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm a Liverpool fan." There you go. And that w- and that was that, and it stuck. Nice. So all right. So families from Liverpool. I know it's it, it in the in the states we are generations upon generations deep, but your family's from Liverpool. How many generations back uh, for, is that? That you, guys now, can count. you know, if you ask my dad now, he'll be like, did I say Liverpool? And he's like, well, maybe it wasn't Liverpool. And so I'm kind of going, <laughs> okay, dad. I don't really know what the story is now. But my family goes back to England for about two generations ago on my dad's side. So okay. my grandparents, um, my dad's mother was born there and my dad's father was born there. And they all both left as children. Um on my mom's side, I go back another generation. My great grandfather was born in England as well. So, is Canada still part of the Commonwealth? Yes. Okay. We are still part of the Commonwealth. We still have the Queen on our money. <laughs> the loonies. <laughs> the loonies and the toonies. The Don't forget the toonies. toonies. Do you do you have any um, Mounties in, in in Alberta, or is that just yeah. strictly out further west? <laughs> No, the, the Mounties still do exist. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police is the official police force in a lot of the country. So, they, now they, uh, I've seen some stuff on tele, or I've watched some stuff on television where they have like um, some Alaskan state troopers and some Mounties uh, that have a little competition of some sort. I forget what they do actually. Uh, I just remember watching an episode of Alaska State Troopers. That was about it. Mm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know too much about that, but I do know there are still like groups that ride horses, and it's still an official part of the uh the official police force to, so uh, beyond right. that i try not to get involved too much with the police <laughs> yeah i don't blame you uh <laughs> so tell me how, how did olsc edmonton edmonton come to be um you know we got started i guess it was about six years ago by uh danny greenwood who's uh, the founding member, I suppose. Uh, he started a Facebook group so that people that he'd met over the years, uh, Danny's from England himself. He's not actually from Liverpool. He's from 
outside. What did he say? He's from Rochdale, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, he met Liverpool fans over the years and realized that they were all trying to find places to watch the games and nobody could stay in touch. So he started a Facebook group, pretty typical of what you do back in those days. Yep. Um, and for the first while, it was, you know, a dozen people, six people, eight people, you know, finding each other occasionally on a Saturday morning. They'd find a, a bar that was willing to show it, send messages to each other, and the ones who could stumble out of bed, stumbled out of bed and managed to watch the game. The ones who didn't, didn't. <laughs> um, and then a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I joined in the meantime. We'd had a few others who joined in the meantime where we said, well, you know, there's probably a lot of us. That, you know, we could do something more uh, bigger, more bigger. Jeez, I'm sounding really great tonight. It's this peppermint tea. It's going straight through me. <laughs> Have a seat uh, to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do something bigger and better and make something a little, little bit uh, more stable. Um, so we started advertising around by talking to people. Uh, we started looking for a more permanent home so people would sort of know where we were and we weren't always having to send a message. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to try to ground it in really in the community a lot more. And we started doing some charitable works, uh, something that we're incredibly proud of. And, uh, you know, we've managed to grow the group. We've got about 500 and some people on Facebook, most of them active. We get 50 to 150 people out for a game. We had 300 up for the Champions League final last year. Um, so really quite pleased with how we've grown in the last, say, two to three years. That's awesome. That is fabulous. So uh, you do have an official home. What's the, what's the official home of, uh, of OLSC Edmonton? It is actually in a transition. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but a positive transition. Our home has been the Urban Tavern in downtown Edmonton for the last couple of years. And they've decided to rebrand and redecorate. So for this month, we are in their sister bar. And then uh, next month, we are coming back to the Urban Tavern Edmonton location, where it will open up as the cabin. So uh, the cabin. we're going with the Canadian cabin theme. So you can imagine the Great White North and Bob and Doug McKenzie and all that stuff. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm picturing Mooseheads. And yeah. and lots of taxidermy and maybe some uh, some black powder rifles. <laughs> you're, you're probably picturing it correctly. You know, you know, a few guys looking for mice in their beers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, have you ever right. found a, a mouse in your beer? <laughs> you, 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 get, you, you don't find the mouse. You, you, you put the mouse in your beer. <laughs> you, you get a free. You, if the, I found a mouse in my beer, I get free beer, right? <laughs> A free two four. <laughs> oh man, hey, how's your toque? <laughs> we did. We oh, did. You fit in well up here. I'm oh, telling you. We did a drinking game for for uh, for <laughs> yeah. Gosh, for strange brew in college, and it was like anytime they did anything stereotypically Canadian, and I I, I almost passed out in the first five minutes. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, it was it was great. Um, all right, so the, so typical game day. You said you guys get about 100, 150 people. That's that's awesome. That's 50 awesome. One hundred and fifty. You oh, know, 50 sometimes we're pretty yeah. early here, so yeah. You know, we're two hours still behind us. Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, eight o'clock in the morning is a pretty typical kickoff time. So you know, sometimes in the dead of February when it's well below zero and blowing wind and snow, you know, we can 
it can be rough to get people out of bed at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, but yeah. we do all right. Yeah. When bed, when bed looks so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> I get it. But man, so we are, our, our, uh, our pub union Jack pub in, in broad ripple, uh, they have a really good beer selection. So that's one of our things that gets me going. Uh, there you go. Those, oh, I can yeah. go get good beer and have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I have to make sure the kids are fed at home first. <laughs> um, so, so this year it's been pretty amazing. Uh, so, just a couple quick questions. So, when do you think that we're going to win the league? Um, this year, I'm pretty sure. No, like when, when in the in the remaining <laughs> games are you not taking part in that? Uh, I'm just being a dick. Um, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> when do we win the league? You, you, you know what? Uh, just the way it's gone i think it's going to be a really anticlimactic moment um i think with the what is it two matches now that man city has in hand yeah in hand that they have to play midweek it's arsenal and west ham i'm just going to say it's going to be one of those games that they're going to have to play midweek and they're going to drop points in one of them and it's just going to be one of those you know, mid afternoon on a Wednesday, with us <laughs> not playing, that we actually ended up mathematically winning the league. Hey, remember Jamie Vardy was having a party when Lester uh, when Lester won the league, so <laughs> it was it was something like yeah. that. It was pretty anticlimactic. I, I'm still on the record, and I'm going to stick with it uh, at home uh, against Crystal Palace. It, it, that is probably a safe bet, I think, you know. But uh, I, I think they're going to drop points for that to happen. They have to drop points. Um, not um, the only way they can win it at Everton is if they lose, and I need to get my calculator back out um, to do it uh, to double check. I was busy, so I I didn't yeah. do my time suck uh, today at work. There's, but um, there's some great people on Twitter I follow that just keep up with all the math, and I don't know how they do it. I put together a tool. For They've got to have an algorithm written or something because it's whipped up every midday after the games. I I, I put it. I put together a tool in Excel, so it's it's there pretty it's pretty fun to work. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I'm I'm sitting there. Um, I think they're going to either probably lo- draw to Leicester. Um, I'm, but more likely, I think Manchester United is going to have just something that's going to trip them up um, more mm. than Leicester because I think now they've got three weeks to prep for Leicester. Um, <laughs> I think I, I don't see that as as being a problem. Um, you no. know, so that kind of brings me to the next point, man. A lot of people we've been seeing on social media complaining about Liverpool and how the, the league is all for Liverpool. Um, yet, let's put it this way, Liverpool only got two weeks of a break. Manchester City gets three. <laughs> yeah. And you have I not mean, seen any Liverpool fans really making a big deal about it, probably because the league's already wrapped up. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, at at this point, um, I I could see it in a different scenario. You know, if we were like we were last year, it's one, two, three points in it by this point. Um, You know, every little advantage matters. Uh, Champions League coming back, uh, the FA Cup we still have to play, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I could see it being a different story, but 22 points up. I I mean, it's like I said to a lot of the people in my group, when when that Salah goal went in against – against that lot down the road uh in the 93rd minute or whatever yeah. i just let out so much emotion because it was at that point i went you know what that it's <laughs> you know we, we we did the manx 
we're 20 something points up or I can't even remember what we were up at that point to the, but it just, everything let go in my body. And I just, the stress that I'd had where every game was, you know, a game of inches, <laughs> particularly yeah. that, you know, Mane almost scoring against City last year, you know, that it was 11 millimeters from going over the line completely. <laughs> I think it was five, but yes. So, <laughs> uh, who's counting? You know, who's counting? It was millimeters. Just feeling this, <laughs> these knots in my stomach just building up. <laughs> you know, and I said to one of the, one of the other people in our group, I said, you know, do you remember when you could lose matches and still win the title? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you, know, you, you you look back at old tables from like you know any any year prior to the last three, and you know you look at the winners and they have you know eight draws and seven losses. Like, well, ah, well, one of the stats, one one of the stats my 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 co-host Brian uh, brings up is the Invincibles drew twelve matches that year. Yeah, they oh, drew twelve sure. matches. I mean, so. you know. <laughs> We've already got as many wins as that great 1999 Manchester United side has, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I and we're gonna probably win the league earlier than uh, the earliest in history. I think Manchester City or United won it in um, April. Yeah, like April fourteenth or something like that. And we're probably gonna win it like three weeks earlier. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> just completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I love so, it. I mean, love I'm just in, I'm in a place where I don't really feel the need to uh, to be critical of anything. In fact, it's best if we just kind of I don't know let everything go at this point. Yeah, it, you know, it, you mentioned it. It was like up until that Manchester United game, nobody was talking about it. I mean, seriously, they there might have been a few little sidebars, but they, nobody was really serious about it because Man. because we didn't want to look like fools again. And then all of a yeah. sudden, it was like it, it was like magic. The fans are singing about it at Anfield after they completely obliterate Manchester United, and uh, and everyone's having a great time and singing. And now it's just on the tip of everybody's tongue. Uh, pundits might have been saying it for a little bit, but I mean. They really only have their their perceived credibility. Um, it's not yeah. like <laughs> they have very little of it, anyways. So, uh, well, if you've been a Liverpool fan for more than a few years, then you know this pain. You oh know gosh, the oh eight oh nine is still as terrible for me. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you can go back and start quoting them. I mean, you know, if you can go all the way back to that awful uh, Arsenal moment in nineteen eighty nine. Last game of the season, uh, you know you can oh eight oh nine thirteen fourteen the recent ones oh, the yeah. the horrible dips in between. Ugh. I really thought when we started off eight man. wins and three draws and we're undefeated after eleven games and then threw the whole season away. That that oh eight oh nine team, I thought it was going to happen. I, I really did. Torres was on a tear. He was playing phenomenally. He and Steven Gerrard had that link up. That was just oh, amazing, and and God, the way that Torres made Vidic look like a complete bitch every single time he played him. Sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> for the language. No, it was, oh, it was he, he had him in his favorite games I've ever watched. Oh man, life, but, oh Vidic just couldn't do anything with him, and ends <laughs> up giving up all these. It, it happened to happen every single time Torres played Vidic. I mean, he's like he had mm-hmm. his number. It was. I mean, you've heard guys like Carragher say that that there are guys that you love to play against. Uh, Torres, it was Vidic. <laughs> it was great. I think there was a uh, somewhere I saw. Well, there's a uh, 
I think I even Kara talking about it and saying how they actually targeted it. You know, they targeted playing. They did. On yeah, yeah. He did say that just because he could, just because he couldn't turn properly. Yeah. The, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right. All right. So, uh, all right. You doing any and looking into your uh, your crystal ball a little bit? Double or triple? Mm. Are we gonna do gonna do just one? Or are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the triple? Treble. Sorry, the treble. You know, I, I I think the treble is just so so difficult. I mean, the fact that we're so far ahead in the league means that we can't afford to rest players. But even with rest, it's just you know the the nature of the FA Cup. And the Champions League being, you know, one and two legged ties, anything can happen, anything can go wrong. You know, you can be the better team and lose on the day. So, I mean, if I was a gambling man, I'd put the line at one and a half and I probably would take the over. But we, uh, the, the news I've, I, gosh, I haven't looked closely this week, but uh, Karen Trippier for Atletico Madrid is out. Um, the, at least yeah, can we match. get him back in though? I know because Mane has his number, and Mane's looking <laughs> like he's going to be back ready to go. But I, yeah. but I mean, think about it. If he's if he's better than what they have, the person that's, that's playing true. left back, you know, they're gonna <laughs> Mane's gonna have a have a day. Look for him to score at least one, uh, maybe assist mm. two more. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Plus, they have to worry about Andy Robertson. Um, True. after his bit of a sabbatical. So I don't know. I, I, I think that Klopp's going to, at least with the, for the Chelsea match, I could see Klopp uh, doing kind of like what he did the first match against Shrewsbury. Um, get, get the guys in that that need that need a game. Your Dejan Lovren, your Joel Matip, mm-hmm. Adam Olana, um, Shakiri Origi. Get those guys in because you're going to need them sometime down the line. You hope you don't, but you're going to need them at some point to come in let's get them closer to match fit and then uh and then throw in your um adrian throw in uh throw in curtis jones uh harvey elliott you know give give those guys a game too kind of as a reward for what they've done so far for the team um yeah and nico williams too has just been fabulous every time he's come in and sheravella as well sheravella i mean there's articles going around about him today too and i'm talking too much i'm supposed to be asking you questions so no Speaking of players that have impressed, who's impressed you the most this season? <sighs> you know, it's, I've, I've seen this question going around in various forums, you know, on Twitter, on our Facebook groups, and et cetera. And, uh, you know, I've seen every different possible kind of answer. I mean, you know, obviously, with the exception of a couple who aren't having the best of seasons because they've been injured, but... <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I, I thought about it. And I thought, well, you know, Alison Becker coming back from that injury, you know, only been in the country a year, only played with us for a year. That injury could have just set him back miles. It's been absolutely spectacular since he came back. Has hardly put a foot wrong. Uh, you know, Henderson is probably having one of his best years since 13, 14, maybe. Oh, he, that, um, that breaks my heart. Because if he doesn't get that red card, we win the league. That I'm yeah. Stephen Gerrard pretty yeah, much I, said it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't want to throw Hendo under the bus, but he he pretty much said that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, you're right. You know, it's it's one of those what ifs where you look back and go. Mm. Uh, but you know, for for me, and it's it's again, it's it's so much been a team effort. You know, uh, when Salah's had his ups, Mane's had his ups. 
you know, Firmino's been scoring in between. They've all had their different moments, but there's been no player that's really been dominant. And, and Liverpool has been, over the last 20 years in particular, has been really a, a, a star-dominated team where we've always sort of had one player. Often it was Steven Gerrard, um, you know, but, but also Suarez or Coutinho, who was really driving the team and being the main focus of the team. One or two guys, you could always pick them out. This year, I'm not sure who you pick out. There's so many of them. So, I mean, I think if I gave a lot of the credit, I'd say the thing that's impressed me the most, though, has been the play of our back line. And I think it's that consistency of having played together for two years. And uh, there's, it's, it's been a subtle adjustment this year, but they've pushed that back line up even further than they do, which, you know, obviously shrinks the pitch and makes it really difficult for the uh, for the opposition to play. But they've done it with a, the sense that they knew VAR was coming in and that those marginal offside calls where, you know, it was maybe a 50-50 that you were going to get it from a linesman last year with, you know, say a Jamie Vardy playing on your shoulder and making that run. Now, if he makes that run and uh, he's offside, VAR calls that back. But it takes a lot of discipline for a defender to play that high line and not start thinking you got to cheat. It's really hard to play that way. And so for me, it's been just the, the discipline across the board of that back line. So few times have they made that mistake of cheating. Um, and when you cheat with that high of a back line, you're just basically giving up a goal. So. But yeah, I don't know if I can give it to feet. Let me give it to all of the back line this year. You're right. They've been fabulous. But I think one of the reasons that Klopp feels that he can get away with that is the team speed that they, that they have, especially in that back four. Um, Henderson and, mm. and Trent's recovery is uh, is amazing. But, I mean, they've, they've said before the fastest person on the team is Joe Gomez. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in foot race speed and his closing down. And Virgil's not – gosh, man, you watch Virgil close down, guys – he gets pissed if he has to break a sweat. I mean, if he has to do more than jog and he, he, <laughs> I think he's underrated in his, in his well, speed. Um, and he, there's a reason he's 90 on, on FIFA. I mean, come on. He's seriously, you guys, ridiculous. I'm not going to disagree with you on the team speed, but I will say that they were holding the same line when Dayhan Lovren was in there. <laughs> okay. So, fine. 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 What you will. He, he had more faith in, uh, in, in Verge coming over and making some stops there. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing, especially with that back line, the way that they work so well together. You know, you uh, Andy gets caught out, Virgil's over there cleaning up. Um, Trent gets caught out, Joe's over there cleaning up. And then even with the two center backs uh, playing off of each other, you know, Joe stays back on corners and Virgil's up there they're trying to put one off of his head. Um, it's yeah. just... You know, he and Robbo are back there because I mean, well, you want to have your best defender back there, and you want to, and Robbo's not going to get anything on his head. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been, the, it's been the problem with City this year, and I mean, uh, if if you look at where they've had their difficulties, it's it's not in scoring goals, it's in preventing goals. You know, and they 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 obviously lost company, you know, to retirement, and then they lost Laporte for half the year, and. I mean, I'm not going to get into the debate about whether they should have, you know, replaced company instead of spending however many hundreds mm. of millions of pounds on players who don't play a center half. <laughs> um, but, you know, having to move Fernandinho back there and having him play next to Stones, who isn't, you know, your most reliable defender as it is, or Odomendi or whoever else, 
um, and still trying to play that high line that they do play leads to the kind of problems that they've had. They're just less secure. Yeah. And when you look at our line, you know, they play together. They know each other. They play to each other's strengths and weaknesses, and they play as a unit, and that's really key. You know, if you're playing a low block, you can get away with the guys who don't necessarily play as a complete unit because there's not as far to go. But I know. think I think also, you know, adding in that defensive midfielder, whether it's Fabino uh, or while he was out, Jordan Henderson, um, even some Jenny Ronaldo mm. in there too, really helps that back line play so high. And and I, mm. I'm just I'm just ecstatic to have Fabiano at full strength because yeah. one of the things that this this team's been crying out for for years. Because they just don't have any nasty players, and Fabino, mm. <laughs> Fabino is is that guy. I mean, he really is, and and it's great. He's not afraid to get dirty and get a card. Well, kind of like Lucas, but but I think mm-hmm. he's more skilled than Lucas. But <laughs> um, but yeah, just I I completely happy with Fabino Tavares on our team. He's probably my favorite mm. player right now that that doesn't score goals um <laughs> except for that screamer against city oh that was that was beautiful yeah you're right you're right you got me there um all right so uh next question um playing off of my only references of canada is it easy to brush your back molars with your floppy head <laughs> for those for those of you that haven't um, seen uh, haven't seen South Park, bigger, larger, uncut, or the early South Parks, um, you need to go watch it. It's the, I remember watching that like nonstop uh, in college, and that's where that reference comes from. Um, you don't need I, to answer that. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea how to respond to that. But... <laughs> sure, yeah, it is. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, just a couple more, man. Um, do you think that uh, the Liverpool is going to beat the the Centurions that one hundred point mark? Uh, yeah. It'd All right. Be pretty hard not to at this point, I think. Are we going to go invincible? No. Okay. All right. Where are we losing? You can't just you can't just say no and then leave it. You got to see who who you're thinking you're going to lose it to. You know. And I can say that because I'm going to we, say no. We've got a late game against Arsenal where I could see us being focused on a few other things uh, and, and Arsenal wanting to just do it. So, you know, I'm going to throw that out there. I'm just – on the balance of probability, we, we, I mean, we're, we're, we're probably going to lose a game just because we've wrapped up the league so much and that, you know, we're going to be playing on potentially for an FA Cup or a Champions League as well. So I can just see that, you know – I don't know. I just can't see the team keeping up quite the same intensity once everything is wrapped up. But then, you know, this team has surprised me the entire season. So I'm saying no, but I wouldn't bet against it. Uh, I'm 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 on board saying it's going to happen that we are going to go invincible, and I'm going to love every I'm going to love every record that we break. <laughs> I love it because it's been thirty fucking years since <laughs> Liverpool's lifted that trophy, and we've heard about it. All the time about how Liverpool are bottlers, about how oh, you haven't won, you haven't won the league in thirty years and or however long it was at that point in time, and I'm ready. And we're gonna break every single one of your little stupid records you had before, and it's gonna be better. We're winning it earlier. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have fewer draws. We're gonna have a better invincible, and we're gonna have more points than your dumb centurions. Um, yeah, I love it. That that's that's where I'm. I'm just going big this year. 
I'm just going to this year, Craig. <laughs> I'm cocky all of a sudden. And I'm like one of the most <laughs> pessimistic people when it comes to Liverpool. <laughs> well, sign me up for a little bit of that because I'm, I'm all on board with that. I just, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm guessing, I'm just throwing things out there. But, man, I'm all for breaking everything this year. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'm, we're going we're gonna to go on to some club news. Um, players coming back uh, today. We saw some pictures coming out on social media the first day of everybody back. Um, Ginny, Ox, and Virgil, um, along with one of the fitness coaches, uh, were, were all working out together in Dubai. Uh, Allison Becker went back to Brazil and trained with his brother. Um, Bobby and the Tavares, well, the Firminos and the Tavareses, if that's how you say it, I guess, uh, were in the Maldives. Uh, Trent and Lalana in Miami. Um, Trent getting in some NBA time. Uh, I, I have a feeling that that trip was paid for by Under Armour because there was a nice uh, Instagram uh. post of of team quote unquote <laughs> team Under Armour uh, <laughs> on the sidelines of Miami. Um, however, there are two guys that probably didn't leave the Merseyside um, or wherever city they live in in that area, um, and not James Milner. Uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on new babies to Mohamed Salah and his wife and the new baby that they had. And also congratulations to Jordan and Mrs. Henderson on the birth of their new son. Both were born. This is the best part. Both were born <laughs> on February 7th, 2020, nine months and a day after quarter taken quickly already. Yes, <laughs> nine months in a day <laughs> after that. So, um, as last I had heard, they hadn't announced a name for the Henderson's uh, son. So I'm saying we're going to riot if it's not one of the following options. Divac, Trent, George, which is kind of English for Virginia, I'm going to say. Um, Jurgen or Brian, which is Hendo's dad. I say we riot. That's just my take on it. <laughs> uh, I mean, do we do we do we try to hope that you know we keep trolling the Barcelona fans by hoping that Henderson names him like Lionel or something? <laughs> Messi Hendo? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I'm actually gonna be in Barcelona in a few weeks, so uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, I I told my wife I, I won't wear my Liverpool stuff, and she's like, "What?" But anyway, oh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, well, I don't think yeah, that might be a bit too soon. I don't know if they really care personally. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. So uh, Norwich this weekend, uh, Craig, do you happen to do predictions on this? Yes. Okay. So what are you uh, thinking? I'm calling it a four nil four nil. Yeah. Timo Pukki hasn't been Timo Pukki, uh since we played him. <laughs> no, I kid. And, he had a, uh, he had a good first couple seem months. We do but... well against Norwich. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be, well, I mean, you wonder how much of the same team it is and all that stuff. I mean, yes, let's just think about Suarez going nuts. Um, At Norwich, Mm -hmm. I don't do score predictions because, as I said before, I'm the most superstitious Liverpool fans um, out there. So whenever I would do score predictions, I'd be wrong and I'd get mad or we'd lose. And this goes back to like 2010. So um, (laughs) I don't do it anymore. Um, (laughs) And then after that, it's, uh, it's Atletico Madrid and it's away. Yep. First matches in Atletico Madrid. Um, I'm going to say we're going to win that match. Uh, I think there's just too many injuries mounting up that I've been hearing about um, on the Atleti side. Uh, 
you know, especially with Karen Trippier, yes, they have the best goalkeeper in the world, but also don't forget that Roma had um, had Allison Becker, uh, who was playing out of his mind that year, and they also put five past him. Uh, so don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> O'Black's also been fairly human seeming this year, and I think it has a lot to do with how many injuries that that team has uh, suffered. So. They, they not have a quite as scary a fixture as it was maybe it would have been last year or at the draw even um yeah yeah so i i'm i'm feeling good about that you feeling uh, feeling like that's a victory and bring it back to anfield for uh for another win i can see it one nil one nil squeak out a victory in the in the vicente mm. calderon i think i might have said that wrong but anyway um <laughs> i mean we're very good at just playing to what we need to do this year and then controlling the game um, and I could just see us playing one nil, and not being overly worried about Atletico challenging us and just knocking the ball around the park. So, so Norch is going to get relegated. Do you see Klopp giving a little extra break to uh, any of the guys this weekend and, and saving them up for uh, for? I, I don't yeah. see it this weekend because they've had the break. Mm-hmm. Um, could could be some of those who are coming back. You know, if Milner's kind of almost fit, but not quite. Shakiri is almost fit, not quite. I could see them kind of and maybe, you know, resting those, but they're not really um, regular starters at this point. So I don't really see anybody getting a rest, but I could see that happening next week. I mean, maybe, I maybe a 60, the brunt of it. 60, 70th minute sub in the midfield, give Henderson yeah. a little extra time on his old man legs and, uh, and give Henderson or to give Milner a run out and, and probably, yeah. uh, uh, Nabi Kaita could use a run out as well, too, if he's fit. Yeah. Um, I, I can see yeah, those. Yeah, for sure. definitely. All right, now here's yeah. something. Uh, we're going to start wrapping it up. So here's something that we typically do on our podcast. It's called plugs and non-plugs. So a plug is something that you want to promote, and a non-plug is something that you want to say, this is completely stupid, that that's happened in the past week. So, uh, so Craig, plugs, non-plugs. Plugs, non-plugs. Something that I want to plug. Well, I want to plug Edmonton. So any of you who are listening and want to come to Edmonton, particularly LFC fans, will make you welcome. Please come and see us. Also, our founder, Danny Greenwood, is also one of the people who started CopCon, so you can look that up and oh, yeah. go join some Liverpool fans. Those are my plugs. Something I thought was completely stupid. I think it doesn't have to be soccer-related at all. Something. But we try, but we try not to talk politics. But, of course, you guys have Justin Trudeau, so <laughs> there's not a ton to talk about in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know this is something i i see a bit of and it's something i think is completely stupid and it is soccer it is liverpool related and it's the fanboyism where we do it to ourselves of which one of our players is better than the other one uh i see it particularly with salah and mane fans but oh, yeah it it's particularly pernicious we're having a brilliant year we should be celebrating these players get on well and I just, it's, it's the height of silliness and it's something that we don't really need in this club. We need to be enjoying this. And I mean, it's something I really do appreciate is the fact that so many fans from around the world that I've met over the years are just all into this season. But that little side element that creeps in once in a while where we have to complain about something or decide which one are we selling if we want to buy Mbappe or whatever. <laughs> the latest pipe dream we all have is, you know, that to me is my non-plug. Oh, Craig, you you mentioned uh, Mbappe. Um, I don't know if you were listening last week, but Brian uh, 
Brian dropped <laughs> that we should probably uh, start working on lyrics for uh, "Killing in the Name of uh, <laughs> Killian in the Name of." <laughs> oh man! Yeah, he, he, he had me, man. Uh, Raging the Machine, speak my language. Uh, that's going to lead to my plug. Raging the Machine announced tour dates. Um, they're not going to be in Indianapolis, but you know, East Troy, Wisconsin is not too far. That's just the other side of Chicago. Um, St. Louis, Missouri. Brian has some family out there. Maybe Brian and I can make a trip and crash at some <laughs> at a family <laughs> location. I'll tell you, but I didn't I'll see tell like, you where they do have a tour date. Edmonton, Edmonton yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, they're also going to be in Ottawa for Blues Fest, um, which is I've heard before. This is gosh, this is back before we moved to Indianapolis um, about how huge Ottawa Blues Fest is, um, and just straight up amazing. Um, so. Who knows? I, I don't even think they're going to make it to Louisville this year. That's one of the another big big fest they have down on the river. Um, I think Bourbon and Blues Fest or something like that. They're not going to do that one, um, but I think Foo Fighters are. Ooh. Anyway, uh, another two of my bands that are on my I will pay money to go see list, um, and and they, of course they don't come to Indianapolis, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> they really had too many country music shows scheduled at, at Deer Creek. Uh, <laughs> um, my non-plug tonight is why are we still fucking have a guy having a conversation about Philippe Coutinho coming back to Liverpool? I'll give oh, you, uh, I'll give you three reasons why. Number one, Klopp has said, has said before he doesn't work with the same player twice. Drop it. Otherwise we probably would have gotten Marco Royce by now. We probably would have gotten... Um, I uh, somebody else off of that Dortmund team. Um, yes, that that would have happened. Um, it's not going to happen. Don't even don't even try. Um, the the money they're saying that Barca is looking to take a cut rate price of eighty million pounds. Screw that. He's maybe only worth thirty or forty right now. Um, and I don't know where he fits in the team. Is is num- is another option. Um, we don't play with that kind of player anymore. Um, and I don't think he's he's defensively astute enough to come and play even on the wing, like say as a backup for Mane. Um, he, he can't, doesn't track back. He's not that great tracking back. So I, I think the, the Liverpool team has passed him by. I think they were kind of holding on hopes for him. You could kind of play him. I mean, there's been some discussions, people, people saying, where do you play Timo Werner? I'm in there because I, I want Timo Werner in this team. Um, I think it would be lights out. We'd win the league and and probably Cruz walk out of the group of group stage of uh, <laughs> the Champions League if we add Timo Werner to this team. Um, but where do you play him? Um, some people saying modified modify the front three. I kind of don't want to do that because why why break what's what's been going good? Um, yeah. But with Africa Cup of Nations, you know, there's gonna there's gonna we're gonna need to ro- Mane and Kaita and. <laughs> and Salah are all going to be gone. And mm. Salah might even miss the start of the season. I don't know if you heard this, Craig, uh, but with Summer Olympics this year, he's he's going to go play for for Egypt. And, yeah, uh, I did and hear that. Him, so he might miss the start of the season. Won't have a break. It's just ridiculous. They really got to do something about this because um, the international schedule is killing it, killing um, killing league football, in my opinion. But well, so I think I think all the various partners need to actually commit to sitting down i mean we saw it earlier with the efl cup and the world club cup and then with the efl cup and the premier league and the fa cup and the premier you know this is just within england 
yeah. let alone working with all the different federations. You know, if people would come in with a good faith effort to say, you know, the players are going to start breaking down and it's already started to happen. Yeah, I we're mean, seeing more and more non-contact injuries in football from players who are just having played too much football in a given year. And Bob, Bobby, um, Bobby, and uh, and and Allison Becker. I mean, Fabino, yeah, Fabino was coming back from injury; he didn't get called up. But I mean, he was playing at the Copa. Excuse me, uh-huh. uh, he was playing down in South America this summer, past summer. They they got hardly any break. Um, Mane went really deep; he got like a week, <laughs> and then yeah. was back in the yeah. team. That's why this winter break has been so crucial for these guys. They've been playing pretty much nonstop for like two, three years. And yeah. and it's Euros this summer and someone's gonna go late on our team. Pro- I, I'm I'll put it right I'll put it on paper. I think uh I think Holland's gonna go deep this year. Um yeah. well, fortunately we don't have any Dutch players. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, like our most important player isn't Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, those are kind of my. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's time to get off soapbox. But I also always want to plug uh, Union Jack Pub and beautiful Broad Ripple. Um, Jay, Chelsea are great. If you're ever in Indianapolis on game day, heck, if you're ever in Indianapolis, stop by Union Jack. They've got great food. Really do wonderful beer me- menu. Um, Race weekends coming up, uh, that's always fun. Brian and I, uh, actually, yeah, Brian and I did. We went, we went uh, the Saturday, yeah, day before the race, and had uh, and had had tenderloins <laughs> for lunch. It was great. Nice. Love that place. Uh, all right, so uh, thank you, Craig, for coming on, talking about Edmonton and dealing with my bad jokes about Canada, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, and telling us all about you guys. We really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much for having us. And like I said, if any of you who are listening or ever in Edmonton, contact me. We'll be happy to get you set up. All right, uh, thank you, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, if you if you like what we do, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate that. That really helps us out a lot. Um, contact info is going to be in the pod notes. It's probably better than me spilling it out anyways. Uh, this is Joe Dilling signing off for the Indie Reds podcast. You'll never walk alone.